The information contained on the Real Health Podcast and the resources mentioned are for educational purposes only. They are not intended as and shall not be understood or construed as medical or health advice. The information contained on this podcast is not a substitute for medical or health advice from a professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. Information provided by hosts and guests on the Real Health Podcast or the use of any products or services mentioned does not create a practitioner-patient relationship between you and any persons affiliated with this podcast. This is the Real Health Podcast brought to you by Reardon Clinic. Our mission is to bring you the latest information and top experts in functional and integrative medicine to help you make informed decisions on your path to real health. Well, hello everyone. It's Dr. Ron Hunting-Hockey with the Reardon Clinic Real Health Podcast. And my guest today is Dr. Dr. Moffitt. Dr. Moffitt, how are you doing? Doing great. How about yourself? <laughs> doing fine. We're, we're into some summer already. It's getting warm. So, uh, hey, I want to congratulate you on a fabulous article in our May Health Hunters on arthritis. And I thought what we would do today is just highlight some of the, the main points of that article, because I know this is a common problem, and I know that uh, your career has, has uh, been a, largely uh, learning how to deal with people that have chronic arthritic pain and other types of pains in their joints. And so let's first just talk just briefly about uh, your background and how you got into dealing with chronic arthritis. Uh, the biggest draw to the background was I was observing doctors throughout medical school that were doing the regenerative injection therapies, um, and it spiked my interest, and they kept telling me all, about all these amazing case studies they had with rapid turnarounds, and at the end of the day, a large majority of them were just that dextrose prolotherapy sugar solution. Um and that has kind of led me down the line there. But the second thing, and I would say the biggest differentiator is I became a patient of the regenerative injections. Um, and that has helped my back pain more than anything. Uh, and I, I've struggled with back pain my whole life. Um, and that was what kind of gave me the, the best pain relief. So now I get to see patient study or patients, my own patients getting better but I have my own example. And I found that also my patients like to hear the examples of myself getting better or others. They know that I've been under the needle too. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was one of Dr. Reardon's uh, admonitions to me. He says, don't do anything that you wouldn't be willing to do for yourself or have already done for yourself and found to be successful. So a lot of what I recommend to my patients are supplements and strategies and testing that have really helped me in my own health. So this is always good that you can kind of uh, be a, a, a poster child of your own treatment. So, hey, I heard you use that word regenerative. And everyone, when they hear about arthritis, it's degenerative. And, you know, it's, it sure sounds like from conventional circles, once you got it, you're kind of stuck with it. And you just kind of deal with it until you have to replace the degenerative, the degenerated joint. So 
So tell us a little bit about what is regenerative in terms of the type of uh, therapies you do for arthritis. Regenerative therapies encompass everything that I do when it comes to, to healing joints. Um, when you regenerate, you are trying to rebuild. But what happens is a lot of people with arthritis, they either have a chronic inflammatory condition that just sets the joints on fire and keeps breaking them down, or they've lost that ability to stimulate growth. Um, and I, I believe that part of it is, of course, health consequences, but our chronic overuse of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. But what regenerative medicine does is it's creating a controlled injury in the area of complaint, whatever it is for that patient. Um, and we are simulating that injury to then make the body pay attention with the dextrous prolotherapy or stimulate it with growth factors from the platelets, or in case of stem cell providers, they're placing stem cells. So all of those fall under what I call the regenerative injection ladder. Um, and so everything that I do is there to regenerate the tissues um, and tissues specifically are blood vessels, nerve fibers, and cartilage. So, so really what you're talking about is that arthritis is a kind of wound. And if it's, if, if we had a serious wound, we wouldn't keep just treating it with pain relievers. We would actually try to do something to heal the wound. But I think there's this idea that with arthritis, uh, you're kind of stuck with it. Your mother had it or your grandmother had it. And so, uh, and you're, or you're getting old. And so old people have arthritis. What is it about uh, this type of wound that we have been missing all along in conventional medicine that uh, gives us a sense of hope that maybe if we do have a chronic arthritis, arthritis condition, how can this help us heal it? Well, conventional care seems to like to concentrate on pain relief, right? And most of their pain relief, they administer either a corticosteroid injection or they give very, very high strength corticosteroid, I mean, uh, non-anti-inflammatory um, drugs. Advil. So, uh, Advil, Motrin, your Celecoxib. Uh, now they're coming into uh, therapies that are modulating the immune system. So it doesn't oh. even allow that to happen, wow. which then of course comes with the double-edged sword there too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, but a lot of people, so it's not to discourage what those providers are doing. They're giving people what they want. They want relief, right? Yeah. Um, it just may not be the right answer for said relief. Um, what gets left out is finding why, why are these people inflamed? Um, is it because they're chronically infected in areas with low grade infections and aren't sending them septic? Is it chronic nutrient deficiencies? I would say yes, absolutely. Um, nobody is eating whole parts anymore. So if you are an animal consumer, most of us aren't cooking with the bones anymore to make, make that stew. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're lacking that, that, that would be a huge intake of, of cartilage into your, your diet. Collagen. Right? So, uh, yeah collagen. Collagen. yeah, yeah. collagen is one of the best rebuilders there are when it comes to joint health. Um, or, you know, we're not eating anti-inflammatory diets We're we're going after those fried foods, those sugary foods, which guess what? Induce inflammation. Okay. So, so basically what you're saying is that people need to think about 
what it's going to take to actually either repair the joint or stimulate a repair process. Is that more in line with what regenerative arthritis is all about? Correct. Yeah. So oftentimes when I will inject somebody, the, the two main uh, supplements that I will put them on is a multivitamin and a collagen supplement. There are plenty of others that can be utilized and I have those all on my post-treatment recommendations, but the multivitamins. And if you read my latest article that just came out, um, I have lots of literature that states why I recommend these, but they are the building blocks to what we are trying to start. So whether it be controlling the inflammation with some of those nutrient deficiencies or encouraging that deposition of the collagen with vitamin C, right? That's one of the nutrients. Um, Collagen is just a group of amino acids. So peptides, building blocks, collagen is, or yeah, collagen is the building block of cartilage. Um, and without proper protein intake, we don't get that. So this is a very easy to absorb method to get that back. But some other supplements that can be utilized, glucosamine, chondroitin, MSM. Um, I oftentimes will even recommend a bone stem cell promoter. So there, there are lots of different things that can be utilized, but I try to keep it simple for my patients and recommend multivitamin and collagen for every single one that I inject. There's a lot more to this conversation and it's coming up right after a quick break. Today's podcast is brought to you by Biocenter Laboratories. The Biocenter Laboratory provides state-of-the-art lab testing and diagnostic services for healthcare providers, laboratories, hospitals, and the general public. Lab tests available through Biocenter include a comprehensive list of vitamins, minerals, fatty acids, amino acids, hormones, and pyrroles. They also provide a variety of standardized tests for disease markers. These markers include cardiovascular disease, diabetes, thyroid dysfunction, hormone imbalance, and more. Visit biocenterlab.org to learn more. So these patients, you're encouraging them to take nutrient type things to eat a better diet, but the actual therapy you do is a kind of uh, controlled irritant or a controlled kind of um, injury. Is that the right way to put it to the actual arthritis in an effort to stimulate a, a restart or reboot of the healing process? Is that, is that a fair way yeah. to put it? So the, the primary irritant that I am utilizing is that dextrose. And with, with platelet-rich plasma, you don't really get that irritant other than the initial injury with the needle and the, the hydrodissection. So the fluid pressure to break open scar tissue. Um, but the dextrose continues to be an irritant. And oftentimes people can be in a little bit more increased pain for up to about a week. I would say usually it's three to five days with dextrose prolotherapy. After platelet-rich plasma, it can be more, I call it a more of a bad day for maybe that evening and the next day, um, but always after the first injection, the, the pain can last longer, but that pain is part of it. So our wound healing cascade, every, every single wound in our body has to go through it. We have to have inflammation first. Without inflammation, there is no healing. Without inflammation, there's no clean up into the area. So our body, just like remodeling your house, we have to tear things out. We have to clean it up, get it prepped, and then we can rebuild it back. 
Yeah, my best way of explaining it to patients is like when your computer's not working or something's not working, you have to kind of reboot it, reboot the, the healing process. And it seems to me that the, the, uh, the, either the ozone or the dextrose, these are like signaling molecules that restart the healing process and hopefully the sequencing of the healing will, will result in a cleaner healed uh, wound, which in this case is the joint, the inflamed joint. Yeah. I, I never thought about that. Have you tried turning it off and turning it back on again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of people that hear about these types of therapies think you're, you're injecting something that is an, an irritant or ozone. You know, that's that, that just doesn't make sense. It's just going to make it more inflamed. But what you're doing is and it does right away. Yeah, yeah. So you're 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 in a sense starting the healing process over because I think for a lot of people they get stuck in chronic non-healing, the non-healing wound. And what we're basically doing, what you're doing, is helping that wound to get a new start and and to go with the proper uh, repair uh, materials so that it heals in the correct manner. Yeah, and to, to kind of reflect back to the ozone, I've been doing the regenerative injections before coming to Reardon, before I had access to that ozone device. Um, and I would say ozone alone has improved results by 10 to 15%. It's a pretty neat compound to the body. And the way that I describe how it's working, because most people know how hydrogen peroxide works, right? It, it, when we use it to debride or break open tissue, clean it out, right? So immediately you do get that debridement from the ozone. It does create hyperoxidation in that area and it creates initially a little bit bigger injury, right? It's a big, big injury. Um, but with that, you feel burning. So it's also the worst part of the injections. Usually um, it can burn just a little bit and have a pressure sensation to it, but it goes away after anywhere from 30 seconds to maybe a minute and a half or so after you get moving around and can spread that ozone out. Um, but it's such a useful tool and same thing. I have run trials on myself um, alone where I'll inject one knee with dextrose prolotherapy and no ozone and the other with dextrose prolotherapy and ozone. And the ozone side always does better always. Um, and part of that reason is because as you know, ozone breaks down cytokines, right? Which what are cytokines? Those are what fuel the inflammation and keep it going. So if we can break that cycle of the inflammation and control whatever is controlling that, uh, I guess, slow healing wound in the area, oftentimes we can get it restarted, kickstarted. Yeah, and I think ozone also, in case there's any low-grade infection involved, you know, uh, it may not be a red-hot septic knee, but it may be a low-grade chronic infected knee that the ozone disinfects as well as acting as the signal to uh, reboot the healing process. And so what other pain things from the, from the more natural, your, as a naturopath, what, what sort of pain things can you offer patients once they're beyond the point of... Uh, of this type of therapy. What other pain things can I offer? Um, Obviously nutrition is going to go a long way. 
in in lifestyle. I would say not enough of us move. I mean, and I'm guilty of it quite frequently too. Matter of fact, the days that I have more pain are usually the days that I sit in front of the computer more, right? Mm -hmm. But when I am moving back and forth between my office to doing the injection therapies, I'm up and moving around more. Movement truly is key. Um, and that, that's actually a lot of the philosophy that potentially how acupuncture works, right? It's working on the myofascial or just the fascial system, which has its own energetic charge. And if that fascial st system is not being stimulated or moved, it causes problems too. We have it, they, they believe that the fascial system may have its own neurological system to it. And a lot of that is pain. Um, just like there are myofascial release techniques. So that can be done. I do scraping therapies as well, or instrument assisted soft tissue manipulation. Um, it may be referred to as Graston as well, or in physical therapy world, it's ASTEM. Um, all those can be utilized, but I often recommend yoga to those that are in chronic pain, right? And I, I speak from that for, from truth. I, I try to do yoga at least once every, every week. Simple uh, stretching. Winter, I'm not so great. Right now. <laughs> simple, simple stretching makes a big difference for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, what I was getting at is that, uh, you know, the, the non-steroidal, which ibuprofen, the over-the-counter type things actually cause a kind of leaky gut phenomenon, which can allow, uh, abnormal bacteria from the gut to get into the circulation and, and end up in joints and places where they shouldn't be. And so some of the better ways of dealing with pain would be like turmeric or boswellia uh, or, or certain herbs that are going to actually help with modulating inflammation and controlling some of the pain, but not making the situation worse. Well, and uh, like a fibroanalytic called serapeptase or natokinase, those guys help to break up fibrin. That's what fibrinolytic means is breaking up fibrin. And fibrin is basically the glue that holds together scar tissue, right? Um, so if we can break a lot of that up, which is why we also see they're, they're useful in um, atherosclerotic disease, so plugged arteries. Um, but boswellia and turmeric are, are something that I often will recommend together because they are actually synergistic in reducing that inflammation. Um, there are tons of different anti-inflammatories as we know, fish oil. And how many patients do we see time and time again that are very, very deficient or just suboptimal in omega-3 fatty acids? Yep. So what we, what we have here is a whole palette of different ways to deal with uh, arthritis as a non-healing wound to help it to actually heal and not only to heal, but to heal stronger and better. And it, it, if, if people can maintain their own joints, their own, uh, their own equipment, uh, they don't have to suffer the, the expense or the, the long-term rehab that's, uh, often involved in joint replacement, uh, therapies. So uh, it's, I think it's, it's, a, it's, an, it's, it's certainly a reasonable option for people who uh, are dealing with a, a chronic problem like this. So how long have you been doing the regenerative therapies now? Um, I think seven years. It's seven been a years. long, yeah. long yeah. time. Well, I know my wife, uh, she applauds you every day in terms of... Uh, her being uh, in a in a terrible car accident and was being told that her knee very well may need to be replaced and by uh, 
a couple long sessions with you, uh, she is now walking without pain and doing very well. So uh, I'm, I encourage everyone who is in hopes of preserving their joints but are dealing with chronic pain to, to look into regenerative therapies with Dr. Moffat. So uh, thank you so much for being on our program. And once again, I hope everyone gets a chance to read your well-referenced, well-written article on regenerative therapies. So thank you so much, Dustin. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to The Real Health Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find all of the episodes and show notes over at realhealthpodcast.org. Also, be sure to visit reardonclinic.org where you will find hundreds of videos and articles to help you create your own version of real health.